Well, you know, we're all trying to kind of read the tea leaves on this one to say what exactly is this signaling about the future? Um, you know, for how many people was this really entirely, uh, you know, about abortion? For how many of them was it a technical de- procedural decision about the, the Constitution? And really, what does it signal moving forward? I think the, the really interesting question would be to see how many people, you know, if we're thinking about uh, a possible ballot issue in November on abortion rights, how many of those people who voted no um, are willing to um, uh, vote against the abortion issue as well, simply because they they didn't like the change of the constitution, but they don't uh, protect, they don't want to support um, abortion rights. And you know, how many things this is this is just some people weren't sure exactly, you know, what position to take on it or what should happen um, in the future. But it was a pretty good turnout, so we did see a lot of motivation for what is pretty much a a kind of a procedural issue yeah it it tells you the passion we've seen this in other states right david i know kentucky and kansas and some of the other states had similar voter turnouts on similar issues yeah and the, the interesting thing is these are some of these are reliably red states and i don't think that means that the states are necessarily uh you know moving towards the democratic column in terms of presidential elections or in terms of, you know, uh, elected office statewide. Uh, but really, what does it say about the mood of voters? And that's the other thing we're kind of keeping an eye on is perhaps how, you know, uh, this might play into or affect uh, our, our senatorial um, race that's going to be coming up in the next election. With us is Dr. David Beer, professor of political science, Malone University. And David, like you said, it's tough to draw all the conclusions pertaining to issue one and its relationship to abortion issues, especially coming up in November. But that really points to me, not only in November, but going into 2024. I wanted to get your perspective here on the abortion issue itself and how huge this is going to be going forward politically. As a matter of fact, a poll recently completed says 55% of Americans will look at the candidate's position on abortion as the determining factor, and 29% say they will support the candidate if they have the same view on abortion. So this is a huge topic going forward politically, not only November, but in, of course, to 2024. Yeah, and, you know, those polls, you got to get up out a little bit to say how many of those are are going to... Um, you know, I mean, those are people who are, who are seeing abortion on either side, right? They're only going to be pro-choice. They're only going to be pro-life. Um, you know, and it also plays into the candidacy of Donald Trump because he has, you know, criticized the uh, pro-life movement um, for being too fixated on the issue. And so could that end up swinging, you know, pro-life evangelicals away from Trump uh, in either the primary or the general election? So those are interesting questions as it relates to future future elections. David, when you look going forward, When we have debates coming up in the near future, and you mentioned the Senate race here in Ohio and such, sometimes candidates will be very picky on the subjects and dance around them. But I think this is a subject that I imagine most candidates will grab a hold of. Yeah, I think so. Um, But it's also a question about who's really the primary, um, you know, audience. I mean, this is something in our system, right? The primary electorate is different from the general electorate. Um, and so I, I think particularly for the Republicans, you know, you'll see most of the Republican uh, candidates particularly emphasizing um, their their pro-life credentials. Um, yet there's this maybe this idea that you've got to 
not go too far. I mean, we look at even Ron DeSantis, you know, who enacted a, a very um, uh, pro-life and very stringent uh, rebor- abortion restriction in Florida, really not kind of advocate that early on. He, he signed it without a lot of fanfare. He didn't invite a media circus to draw attention to it um, because he thought maybe, you know, I need to, you know, cool down a little bit on this, though I, I certainly wouldn't want to give up um, uh anti-abortion pro-life credentials he, he wants to maybe you know kind of you know kind of keep a little bit of a pause there um and so i think we're trying to see some of that dancing that you're talking about well this is dr david beer professor of political science malone university david and looking at that vote yesterday 57 percent in ohio said no and some were surprised in some areas predominantly republican areas even came up with a majority of no. As you look at this vote and you look at it probably more precisely than most, how did you see this whole outcome and your observations out of yesterday? I mean, I think we'd have to look at the map a little bit, you know, more closely. We need to study it for a while. But I mean, I think it's it mapped pretty closely on to what we, we generally expect. I mean, I think the, the no votes were largely driven um, by the, the urban areas, Columbus and Cleveland. Um, uh, you know, as an example, it, it would, we'd have to start looking at, you know, breakdown and maybe some of the, uh, the more red and rural areas to say that was there, you know, a strong no vote there, um, you know, because it's one of these things that the, the urban areas don't necessarily have, uh, you know, a complete determinative factor, even though they have high populations, if our rural areas end up very strongly supporting um, you know, one party or one issue or one candidate. So I think we need to analyze it a little more closely um, to see exactly how the weight on this was moving. 